0: Hello, Valley family. We are in week number three of our series that we're calling Frequency. Uh, We're talking all about hearing God's voice. And boy, wasn't it a a fantastic message last week. Uh, My buddy Mike Bolton, who was here for Connexus with the Lead Global 360 team, uh, shared about hearing God at work. I just love it. It was so practical and uh, down to earth. And I hope you just walked that out this past week. And so we want to just continue that series today. Uh, Before I do, big shout out to To our Valley family at Regal Cinemas, our Poughkeepsie campus. Huge news. I hope you already heard. Try to get it out on social media. We got final approval from the planning board for our our new property there at Sheaf Road and the renovation there. So, uh, just a couple of more things, and we are going to be literally in the whole renovation process so that was a huge huge thing we were told to kind of expect december uh but here it is october and, and we got final approval from the planning board thank you all for so many of you that have been praying lifting up the whole uh project continue to do that you know now the the fun begins with the actual renovation process and uh just also want to welcome all you joining us online, literally hundreds and hundreds of people every single week joining us on the Valley Online services. And so welcome to you as well. We love you. We're one church, many locations between Poughkeepsie and online, and uh, we're just one big, happy family that loves Jesus Christ. And and so, uh, you know, God's just doing some incredible things, not only about uh, the the. Final approval for our Poughkeepsie campus, but uh, also this week we had our Wednesday worship, uh, which was just phenomenal Uh, in the middle of a huge, huge storm. Well over 100 people, it was like 140 people or something like that came out in the middle of a huge, huge storm. Also hundreds of people every Saturday for our Saturday morning prayer at 8 o'clock. I've never seen the spiritual hunger as strong as it is right now in the Valley family. And and I'll tell you, it is so encouraging to me uh, as your your pastor just to see so many people that are just hungry to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, whether it's through worship, whether it's through prayer, our regular gatherings. We're going to be bringing online our small groups, a whole refresh on those come January. It is just amazing. God is doing some really deep and some really, really powerful and big things through in and through the Valley family. And your part of that. And uh, as Susie and I say so often, no place we'd rather be, no church we'd rather serve than the Valley family. So let's jump right in. If you have your Valley app, go ahead and open it up uh, and you want to follow along. We're going to be looking at a lot of scripture today and I want to do just a quick little review. Uh, John chapter 10 verse 3 through 5, Jesus is speaking here and he says the gatekeeper, he's talking uh, really uh, uh, about God, opens the gate for him. He's talking about himself there as the Good shepherd, and the sheep listen to his voice. That's you and me. We need to listen to Jesus' voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. Aren't you thankful? Boy, we felt that through this whole uh Poughkeepsie campus project. Jesus has gone ahead of us. He goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They know his voice. Jesus is always speaking. God is always speaking. And what we're uh, discovering is we have to tune into that frequency. He goes on and he says, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's Voice now uh, today in, in our time together. This message is going to be really of the messages in this series. This is going to be the most personal uh, in this whole series. The personal message is going to be uh, very close to me, and, and I think close to you as well. As we really zone in on one particular way that that God speaks, and I think He He speaks this way more often than any other way. Uh, and, and it's so important that we again tune into the frequency. Next week we're going to talk about the filter. How do you filter uh, the voice of God or the voice of a stranger? How can we kind of tell the difference with clarity between other voices, other opinions, and, all, and when God is actually saying something to us, or, or it's just a thought that we have on our own, it was something we ate, maybe pizza last night, gives us some kind of crazy dream. No, that's not God. How, how can we filter out all the noise and really focus in on what is genuinely God? And, and when you think about it, in the Bible, God speaks in all different kinds of ways. There's so many different ways that God speaks. He speaks audibly to some. Uh, there's one is says he writes on the wall uh, of a gathering. Uh, he speaks in dreams. He speaks in visions. He speaks through prophets. He even spoke through a donkey one time, and maybe you feel that way sometimes listening to me that he's speaking through a donkey. But anyway, we're just going to move on. But, uh, but I think it's so important to recognize God still speaks. And I love this quote. I want to share it with you by Dallas Willard. Uh, He put it this way. If God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is to tell them that they could have a personal relationship with God. If God doesn't speak, we are lying to people by saying you can have a personal relationship with God. Because one of the most important things about a personal relationship is communication. Two-way communication. And so God is speaking. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever say, oh, by the way, when the Bible's finished being written, God's not speaking anymore. He only speaks through the Bible. Men say that. God never said that. It's not anywhere in there. In fact, as we saw, it begins with him speaking in Genesis chapter one, verse three, and it ends in Revelation. He's still speaking. Let he who has ears, let him hear what Jesus is saying to the church and, and I think in some ways, you know, Christianity has a branding problem, this, 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 this whole idea. So many people think that, that God is angry with them, and God is aloof, and God is distant. The only problem with that is the entire Bible. That's not the God of the Bible. That's not Jesus. That's, that's not who the Bible, how the Bible portrays God. That's the way that religion, and there is a Christian religion that has nothing to do with the Bible, that there's religion that's been layered on top of it that is not, doesn't rightly represent the God of the Bible. That's not the way that the Bible describes them. And, and so let's talk about, let's look at when God speaks. When God speaks. And, and this is one of the most beautiful descriptions of God's voice and how he speaks that I think is anywhere in the Bible. And it's so important. I think it's so important for you and it's so important to me, for me as well. In 1 Kings, Elijah the prophet, he just won this incredible kind of like spiritual showdown with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And, and, and a lot of times, it's typical of what happens after a huge pinnacle ministry moment. Uh, I'll just share this as a pastor. It happens to so many pastors. It's happened to me. Huge ministry, mountaintop experience, pinnacle moment. And then there's like this depression, uh, in fact, pastors oftentimes refer to the Monday after Easter as Blue Monday because the Easter is such a whoa, and then it's just like, mm. and Elijah has gotten himself into a real big funk, feeling like he's the only one. He's the only one that God's using, and, and God gives him some real specific instruction, and basically it's, uh, you're not really seeing everything that I'm doing. And, and so while he's in this kind of depression this blue mood, God speaks to him. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 and 12, and it says, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. So he says, I'm with you. You're in my presence. Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. He's like, I am coming. You're, you're going to really see me in a tangible way. What's gonna, you're going to experience me in a tangible way. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Like, that wasn't, that wasn't God. That wasn't where he was. goes on, it says. After the wind, there was an earthquake. Imagine this. The earth is literally shaken all around Elijah. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then don't miss this now. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And that was the Lord. Some translations of this say a still, small voice, a little whisper. That was where God was. And I want to talk about this gentle whisper. Because I think God is whispering all the time. And I think there's four things that he wants to whisper to you right now. As you're hearing my voice, he wants to whisper to your heart inside of you. Don't, don't, don't get those two voices confused, my voice and his. He's whispering right now, right at Regal Cinemas, right, right as you're sitting in your living room watching this online. He He's he whispering. Do you hear him? Do you hear him? Four things I think that he whispers with regularity to you and to me, if we'd only tune our ear to hear. The first is he whispers encouragement. He whispers encouragement. Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the Bible says, The Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our heart and tells us that we are God's children. He says, you're mine. I love you. You're mine. He whispers deep into our souls, deep into our hearts. I, I love it, in Isaiah 55, verse three, Bible says, God's speaking, he says, pay attention, come close now, come close. See, he's not angry. He's not angry, he's not distanced, come close. Listen carefully to my, and then he describes, life-giving, life-nourishing words. I'm making a lasting covenant commitment with you. The same that I made with David. Sure, solid, enduring love. L- listen, by the way, this is what I always aim for o- on Sundays. That, 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 that we, we hear a life-giving, life-nourishing words. I-, I know some church culture is come to church and make everyone who's there feel miserable and guilty and, and uh, how, tell them how awful and bad, you know, they're just horrible people. Uh, again, there's a problem with it. the Bible. N- not if you've received Christ as your Savior. <laughs> Life-giving words, nourishing, positive words about God's enduring love. If you haven't received Christ as your Savior, he wants to speak this to you. Can you hear him whispering right now? That's the way God speaks. That's how he speaks. I believe God wants to whisper things like this, based on this passage, in A- Romans chapter 8, verse 16 that we just looked at. I-, I think he wants to whisper to some of us, you're my child. You are my child. You know, I think any parent, parenting's tough, and, and you know, we had some challenges with our girls as well, but I, I, I remember over and over just telling them, I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do to change that. And it's amazing how unconditional love can impact the heart of a child. That only com- I'm not a perfect dad. My wife, Susie's not a perfect mom, but that unconditional love, that only comes through us, flows through us from God to our kids. Because God says to you and me, and yeah, he knows what you did last night. He still loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. You're my child. I love you. You are my child. I love you. And then I think for some, God just wants to, he's whispering. Can you hear him? For some of us, he's whispering to you, I'm proud of I'm so proud of you. You put a smile on my face. I'm so proud of you. God whispers encouragement. Second thing that God whispers is sometimes He whispers warnings. He whispers warnings. And I'm going to use a little Christian ease here. I, I hate doing this. I've tried to, to I've tried the best that I could to just kind of flush all that. Christian glossary and terms out of my vocabulary just to speak plainly and clearly so people understand but sometimes you may hear a Christian say something like this and I'll show you where it comes from uh, in, in just a second and they'll say boy I just have a check in my spirit there's no verse that talks about having a check in your spirit. That's why it's just uh, this Christian subculture. It's not necessarily from the Bible. But there's a verse, that, there are a couple of verses that kind of show that, but not, you don't use that phrase. Oh, I just have a check in my spirit. Uh, one of those is even Acts chapter 16, verse 6 and 7. Paul here, he, he's talking about. Going on a missionary journey, and he says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Imagine that for a minute. Uh, we're going to go preach, we're going to preach the gospel in Asia, and the Holy Spirit says no, because it wasn't the right time. See, see, not all good things are God things. As much as we would think preaching the gospel in Asia for Paul would be fantastic, the Holy Spirit says no, because it wasn't the right time. The Holy Spirit. Forbid them. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the spirit did not permit him. Again, he's going to Bithynia. No, I've got something else for you. That's why it's so, so important to pray and ask God. He's whispering warnings, like that's not that's not what I have for you. That that's not the next step for you. And, and so for you and I, sometimes we face opportunities and we just think every opportunity, oh God must have done that. No, not necessarily. A lot of times, it's just things that distract us from, uh, good things that distract us from the great thing, the best that God has for us, like we talked about in week one. And so sometimes God whispers things like this, don't do it, don't do that, don't do that. You know, there, there have been times that, uh, in my own life, that, that, you know, in the middle of a situation, and I'm about to kind of like, really just like, say something, blurt something out, and I felt like I've just heard the Holy Spirit inside say, keep your mouth shut. Don't say a word. Don't, don't, don't try to defend yourself. Keep your mouth quiet. Don't say anything. And it saved me from <laughs> really making the situation really even worse. Don't do it. Sometimes he's whispering to us, end the secret. It's, it's, it's time to get some help. Get some help. That's why small groups here are so important. The Valley family. You, you know, even our, our Tuesday night Bible study that Pastor Dan's doing, it, it's getting bigger and bigger each week. New people come in every single week. Again, this wonderful, God pleasing spiritual hunger. The level of spiritual hunger just rising in our church. It's phenomenal. That's why it's so important to gather in small groups like that as we get to know people so we can just say, listen, I'm struggling, I need some help, I need some help. There's no way, if we had 150 pastors, there's not any way 150 pastors could care for everyone in the Valley family. That's why we, the Bible says bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It doesn't say pastors bear the burden of others. It says one another. We have responsibility for one another. And our small groups is such an important part to cultivate those relationships so we can just say, you know what, this is what I'm struggling with, no longer keeping it a secret. It's amazing how that just breaks the back over so many things that just keep us held captive when we just tell someone else that we can trust, that, that also follows Christ and can encourage us in a godly way. Maybe it's time, the Holy Spirit's saying, it's time to get some help. Get some help with that. It takes courage. I love this, Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. The Bible says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will he- uh, your ears will hear a voice behind you. That's talking about the God speaking warnings and direction to us. This is the way, walk in it. I love that verse. Whether you turn to the right or left, it's like we're just walking, and God's just saying, take a right. Take a left go forward that's how he wants us to tune it he's always whispering to you and to me that still small voice that gentle whisper he's not screaming he's not yelling i know a lot of pastors that do that's not how god talks to you he's not screaming he's not yelling he's not berating he's whispering gentle whisper And the third way that he, third thing he whispers about is direction. He's whispering direction. That's why it's so key to get God involved in the process of decision making, because He wants to whisper His direction to you and to me. In Luke chapter. 2 verse 27. I love it. It talks about Jesus uh, and and he's a baby. He's being brought to the temple to be dedicated and and there's a, a wise man there named Simeon and it says this about him. Simeon, he was moved by the Spirit and he went to the temple courts. God spoke to him and said, go to the temple. He was waiting to see the Messiah, the promised one. And the Holy Spirit speaks to him. Moved by the Spirit, says, go to the temple. Go to the temple. And he walks in, and he sees Mary and Joseph with baby Jesus, and he says, now my eyes have seen the fulfillment, the consummation of all that's been promised to Israel. And he blesses them. Moved by the Spirit. And Acts chapter 20, verse 22 is another great example of this. It says, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, Paul speaking here, not knowing what will happen to me there. He says, the Holy Spirit is directing me to go to Jerusalem. That's why it's so important to involve God in the process. You know, I think it's so, we need to get input, we need to get counsel from others. The Bible says in a multitude of counselors, There's safety. But at the end of the day, we have to make decisions and we have to live those decisions out and we can't blame it on the counselors. We've got to hear God's voice, not the advisor advisor committee. We've got to hear God's voice and we've got to go and do what God's called us to do. And again, we're going to talk about it next week. I'm not talking about anything weird. I've heard people come up all the time. God told me to divorce my wife. No, he didn't. That's not God. That's your flesh. God didn't tell you that. And we're gonna talk about how to filter and how we can tell if it really is truly God or not. But as individuals, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. If you're a sheep, he wants to speak to you. If you belong to Jesus, he personally wants to speak to you. And he wants to give you direction. And, And some of the things he wants to say is, for many of us, slow down. Slow down. You're going too fast. Remember, what we looked at in Kings there, Elijah, it's in a still, small voice, the gentle whisper. You gotta, you gotta quiet the noise. You gotta slow down. What is your strategy on a daily basis for slowing down and hearing the gentle whisper of Jesus. If you don't have a regular plan and strategy on a daily basis to quiet your soul and slow down and listen, there's no wonder we're having a hard time hearing him. Turn off the radio. Turn off the TV. Quiet yourself and listen. Slow down. For some of us, he's whispering, do it now. Do it now. It's time. Do it now. It's time to take the next step. It's time to take the next step. I I think, even in, in a setting like this, Poughkeepsie Valley family, Valley family joining us online campus from all over the world, literally, maybe it's time to take the next step. Take the next step. I think God's whispering to some, it's time to step up to leading a small group. That's why we have our regroup leadership training coming up this Saturday, October the 26th, that that you you can get trained and have confidence in how you can lead a small group, interest group, Bible study group, hobby group, whatever it is, in the Valley family. Take the next step. It's time to get off the sidelines and on the field, into the game. For some, next step may be water baptism. Water baptism, maybe you've received Christ as your Savior, you've prayed, you've repented of your sins, and you, you've been coming to Valley for, for a while now, but you've never taken that next step of faith, of going public with your faith. That's what water baptism is. Water baptism is kind of like a wedding going public with your love for one another in a wedding as, you know, bride and groom. Water baptism is just like this wedding ring that I wear. It's saying, I belong to someone. I belong to Jesus. Jesus was baptized. He made the decision for himself when he was 30 years old to be baptized. And and in Matthew 28, he said that That's my responsibility, your responsibility is to go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to teach them to observe, to follow all of the things that he's instructed us. So water baptism coming up on November 3rd and if you have not been baptized in water following the example that Jesus gave, he set for you and me, and the instructions that that, that he gave to you and me, then then I encourage you to sign up on your Valley app right now. Sign up. I want to be baptized. Take the next step because it's amazing how powerful it is. Just as powerful as a wedding ceremony. When when an individual chooses, I want everyone to know I belong to Jesus. We'll get you a t-shirt. We'll have a short little class ahead of time. We'll do everything we need to to prepare you for that moment in your life where you choose, not your parents choosing for you or anyone else, you choose, just like Jesus chose. Every single baptism that's recorded in the scripture, every single one, an individual chose for themselves. I choose to do this because I love Jesus and I want others to see. This is the way we identify. We go public with our faith in baptism. Maybe the next step for you is, is Growth Track, which reboots again in November. Every week at nine o'clock here in Hopewell or in Poughkeepsie, you can join Growth Track. And uh, again, we talked about this in our last series. We're asking every single person in the Valley family to go through Growth Track again. We've refreshed it. We've heard great, great feedback and response uh, this month of October as as we relaunched it, and uh, it's a lot of new information there, and it's very clear, very concise, really boiled down. And, and so we're asking everyone to consider going through uh, and inviting you for your benefit to go through Growth Track again. That reboots again. We start it. It's every single Sunday four weeks. Step one is the first Sunday of the month, every month. Step two, the second Sunday, every month. Step three, you get the idea? Every month. The third uh, Sunday of the month, step four, the fourth Sunday, every single month. And so maybe that next step for you is, you know what, I'm going to do that to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ, discover my purpose, and, and how I can really make a difference in this world. Take the next step. So, God whispers encouragement. He whispers warnings. He whispers direction. And you know the fourth thing that he does? He whispers dreams. He whispers dreams. Job chapter 33, the Bible says, for God speaks again and again. He speaks all the time. God's speaking again and again. He speaks in dreams, in the visions of the night. And then I I love this in Acts chapter 2. Talks about the last days, and sometimes people ask me, you know, like, Pastor, do you think, uh, you think we're in the last days? And I say, absolutely. And I say, well, when does Jesus return? And I say, I don't know, but we're closer to it than we've ever been. My understanding of Scripture, there's hardly anything that has left to happen before Christ returns again. And and uh, so we're in the last days. But look at what it says is going to be one of the hallmarks or characteristics of the last days. It's pretty interesting. Acts chapter 2, verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. They'll speak on my behalf. Prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. See, I'm kind of right in between here, this visions and dreams. I'm not an old man, but I'm not a young man. I'm just a man. So, so sometimes it's visions, sometimes it's dreams. That's, I'm joking, I actually, I really am. But uh, uh, you see the point? God makes it really, really clear. He's still gonna be speaking even in the last days. He's speaking through prophecy. He's speaking through dreams. He's speaking through visions. And, and I know there are some segments of Christianity say he doesn't speak anymore. I'm just not sure what Bible they're reading. Because it says in the last days, he's still speaking. We have to tune in to hear his voice. I love this. Why, why is he going to do this? Why In the last days, sons and daughters are going to prophesy, young men see visions, old men dream dreams. Well, I, I think that, you know we can all look at just current events around the world. Things aren't getting better. <laughs> Things aren't getting more peaceful around the world, not even in our own nation. Just everybody, everybody's hostile and uptight. I think the reason why, just my hunch, that, that he, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, I think it's so that you and I can be a solution in the middle of all the madness. That we can bring the solution in the middle of all the madness. And the solution is Jesus. That we can point other people to Jesus. And it changes their perspective. It changes their outlook. It changes and transforms their life. And it transforms their heart. You know, even, even recently, I mean, God's been speaking to me about some things, some real deep things. And, uh, and it was kind of like a vision like this at a real personal level. Last week can't really explain it but I just kept having like on a loop in my mind about a 10 second memory that just kept looping through my mind and I didn't know why there's no reason for it of when I was coaching high school football one particular game in 2005 when we were playing Mayapak High School and it was like a 10 second little just memory And it just kept going in my mind. And I was like, why am I thinking about that? What's going on? And and then we had our Connexus uh, conference. And then we had uh, Bill and Kimberly Thomas that came for that, Mike Bolton. And man, they were just helping me and just kind of like a consultation and just just leadership and and all personally. And, And on Sunday after Mike Bolton spoke twice and we went to Heritage Restaurant and uh, we're, uh, we're eating there, and, and Bill and Kimberly are about to have to go back to the airport, uh, and, and Dan Gilman, Pastor Dan, is going to take them, and we're, we're all sitting there eating, and Susie's next to me, and uh, our daughter Michaela, and uh, Kimberly, and Bill Thomas, and, and the rest of the group, and Kimberly says, you know what? She's like, Greg, you know, there's something I'd just like to share with you that, that, that I think God just put on my heart to share with you. And she starts speaking (laughs) about some deep, deep things that are in my heart. Deep things. I mean things that like dreams and visions God put in there when I was a young little boy that that only Susie knows. (laughs) I've only shared with her. And as she's talking this memory from coaching football that's been looping in my mind for days and days, all of a sudden it makes sense. Why I was having that memory? Because God was speaking to me through that memory for three days before Kimberly even came to town. And it wasn't about coaching football, it was about some things inside of me that God wants to do in me and through me. It was about purpose and destiny. Like I said, I've never told a soul. He's still speaking. He's still speaking. And it's a whisper. Do you hear it? Do you hear him? That still small voice whisper. I think for some of us, God's saying, go all in. (laughs) Go all in. Give God your best, your whole heart. Don't hold back. I think for some of us, he's saying, you can make a difference. You can make a difference. You can do that. So how do we need to respond when God speaks? First of all, I think we need to say, we need to ask him, speak to me, Lord. Like, I open my heart up, I open my ears, speak to me, Lord. And then we respond by saying, I'm open to hear. I'm eager to respond. And and so even as we're sitting there at Heritage and Pastor Dan's like, we gotta take them to the airport, they're gonna be late, they're gonna miss their flight. Kimberly was talking to me and she's just crying. I wasn't crying, but man, I was feeling it inside, just just part of me that dreams, visions that I thought were never gonna happen. Again, only between Suze and me. And God speaking through Kimberly. And you know what I did? Right there in the restaurant, I just looked her in the eyes. And I looked Bill in the eyes. And I said, Amen. I believe I'm hearing the voice of God. I've been different. I've, I've felt different all week long as a result of that. new level of confidence that those things God's put in my heart, that they, they're going to come, He's going to do it. It's not something I can make happen. He's going to do it. God still speaks today. Speak to me, Lord. I'm open to hear. I'm eager to respond. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord I thank you that you are the God who spoke, who is speaking, and who will continue to speak. That you have a voice and you use it all the time. Lord help us to hear your gentle whisper. Your your whispers Lord of encouragement of warnings, of direction, of dreams. And Lord, may we not just hear your voice, but Lord, may we not only be open to you here, but we're eager to respond. We're eager to take the next step that you have for each and every one of us, just as we've talked about in the weeks past. God, thank you that you love us unconditionally. And you want to guide us and direct us every single day in the midst of big decisions and even in the midst of little decisions, in the midst of small challenges and great challenges and struggles as well. God, speak to us. Speak to me. I'm open to hear. I'm eager to respond. Speak to each and every one of us as we open our hearts to you. Right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you a moment, if you're here and you've never prayed, you've heard God whispering to you in your heart while I've been talking today. That's God whispering in your heart. I, I want to give you an opportunity to just pray and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I just invite you now, just open your heart to Jesus. Respond to the whisper of God that you hear in your heart today. And just, you can repeat this prayer after me just as a kind of a guide, if you will. Just pray after me right now, even in a whisper in response to him. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I receive Jesus Christ today. Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus, be my Savior. Thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. Jesus, I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me from this day forward, and I will follow you. Amen. Amen.